You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast platform. We have a special, special show for all you football heads, all you guys that root for Pac-12 football, all you guys that root for quality sound defensive football. And if you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, you're going to be ecstatic about this show. First rounder in this past year's draft from Utah, right? First team All-American at Utah. Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. A year ago, coming from the youths, outstanding, intimidating linebacker, a guy that can go sideline to sideline, and he plays with no seat, though, is joining me here. All things covered. Devin Lloyd, number one, thank you for joining me. Number two, how you doing? How you feeling? Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a blessing, man. And um, I mean, really, I'm just, you know, I'm blessed, honestly. I really, you know, I know that gets thrown out a lot, but, you know, that's how I feel, you know what I'm saying, like everything that's going on in my life and where I am now, you know what I'm saying, I, I wouldn't rather be anywhere else, man. So I'm just grateful to be here. No doubt, no doubt. So before we get into our candid conversation and start in the beginning, right, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Like I told you before we started recording, I'm a big fan of yours. Watching you do what you were doing in college made me a fan of the game, how you play the game. And I also was a fan of your uniform, your swag, the number. Now, I know you can't quite, you can't wear zero in the National Football League, but I heard through the grapevine, you're wearing number 33. Is that true? That's true. Devin. Just my personal opinion when it comes to the swag police, mm-hmm. the way you play the game, I thought you would gravitate to a single digit number in the National Football League. But why did you choose 33? And look, I started off hoping there would be some available. But I mean, really, at this point, unless I was going to buy the number from somebody, there was not going to be any available. And I was like, you know, it's not even that much of a hassle. My mentality going into it was like, I'm not even going, you know, I'm going to let the number choose me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's available? Uh, you know, what's my best option? What kind of fits my play style, my swag? I'm going to go with that out of the options I had available. So uh, that's why I went with 33. And I feel like, you know, I mean, that number a lot of, in a lot of ways kind of fits my play style as well. But also kind of want to change the, um, I guess you could say, dynamic around that number. Because a lot of safeties wear that number. I don't think any linebackers wear that number. Is, so. I, I don't. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think any linebackers are wearing 33. And it makes mm-hmm. sense because I know how it is. When I got drafted to Pittsburgh, they told me what was available. And me personally, I wasn't going to pay for a number, not fresh out the gate. It didn't make any sense. So luckily, I was able to go get that 20. That 20 was available. And you yeah. rocking 33. But don't worry. I already know when you put it on, you're going to make it look real, oh, real decent. Sure. So I ain't worrying about that. Oh, for sure. It's going to look tough. Yeah, I can't wait to see how, how you, especially when y'all put on that all black. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the crazy thing is, too, is before I got drafted this way, way back then, too, I always thought Jacksonville had some of the hardest unis in the NFL. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, all their unis are tough. And so, like, you know, that was well another benefit of whenever I got drafted by them. I was like, oh, I'm going to some fire unis. So. No doubt, no doubt. And all the fans that are watching us right now on YouTube or listening to us uh, anywhere podcasts are found, make sure you go support the Zim fella, man. Go get the 33 jersey. All of Duval County need to be going, getting, going to get Walker. 
in Lloyd's jersey right now. I gotta, I gotta try to find sure. my way to get one. If you want to send me one, if you want to have Dylan and somebody send me one, I don't worry. I will, I will rock it. But I gotta try to find a way to get into thirty-three. So let's go back in time a little bit, right? Going through the pre-draft process, reading a lot about who you are as a player on and off the football field. I kept hearing people that were close to you talk, talking about your work ethic, right? Your work ethic was something that you always mentioned as well. Uh, does that stem from having both parents serve in the military? I would say a lot of that does. Um, as far as just like without me even thinking about it, like the little things that they do and the little things that I saw growing up um, kind of developed me into who I am as far as like just working for everything that you want to get. And, you know, they always preach to me as like, you know, you, you got to earn whatever you want in life because a lot of people want what you want. And so that means how are you going to you know, get it? You know what I'm saying? If all these people want it. So basically you got to just go out and you got to work for what you want to get. Um, and it's not going to be easy. You don't want it to be easy. You want to put in, you know, hard work. And I mean, on the other side, of all that pain and sweat, and, I mean, you know, just grinding is, you know, a lot of success and a lot of um, goals achieved. So I would say just um, I'm, my parents obviously being in the military too and their work habits um, and their, um, you know, how much they work, um, it kind of rubbed off on me as well. Yeah, and, and talking about that work ethic, that's been with you your entire life, to say the least, especially as a football player. But the only Power Five offer you had was coming from Utah. Uh, how do you use that as motivation? It was huge motivation. I was actually the lowest rated recruit in my class. So my really? whole signing class, yeah, I was the lowest. Do you remember rated. your Do you remember your rating? What, like how many stars ESPN, you had, or what were you rate rated ESPN, like your position? Yeah, ESPN had me at two stars. They had me at the lowest one, and then some of them, I think, twenty four seven had me at like three, like a low three. But large majority of them were two uh, or three. So. Um, I mean, I still always remember that. And it's like, at the end of the day, you realize how little it actually matters. But at the end of the day, too, like, it, it was a, a big deal for me when I was younger and I was, um, you know, trying to trying to make my way up. And I knew my ability and I knew, um, like, what I was capable of, basically. But at the same time, it wasn't showing. So I always kind of keep that in the back of my head. Yeah. And, and, and allow that motivation to continue to fuel you as you venture off to the highest level which is the NFL. So what was the biggest reason you decided to uh, return to college in 2021? Because after that Kobe year in 2020, you ball, you gave productive numbers, had an opportunity to turn pro, but what, does, what, what was the final decision for you, the reason you decided to return to college football? Yeah, there was a lot of things that went into that decision. I wouldn't say it was one heavy hitter, but more so there was a lot of things as far as us only playing five games, opposed to being able to come back and play in front of a renovated stadium with all these fans there, my family, everybody can come and support me. Um, I mean, the passing of our teammates, um, you know, our teammate at the time, um, it was a lot of motivation, um, external factors as well, to come back and, and play for something greater than just myself. And I mean, really, ultimately, that's what it came down for, because I knew I had an opportunity to, to come back and I mean, to lead to the NFL, but I wanted to go back and I knew this team was capable of winning a championship, which was also huge for me. I wanted to lead with a ring and I wanted to know that, you know, I really had every, I gave everything I could, you know, to this program who, like, you know, I mean, to your point, you know, it was only, it was my only power five offer. You know, I felt like in a way, in a way I was kind of in debt to the university and, you know, I mean, I wanted to, wanted to go back and, I mean, really just, just create history, you know, kind of cement a legacy. Yeah. And, and you, you, you just hit on something that 
definitely registers to me in talking about losing a teammate in college because I lost a teammate my freshman year who was a part of my recruiting class. And for our listeners and our viewers that are checking us out on YouTube, uh, go a little more in depth about how that either changed your perspective on playing football, how did it change your perspective when it came to the team in totality? What did, how did things change, you know, when it came to losing a teammate unexpectedly and still having to go about your business as a student athlete and as an athlete? It changed a lot, especially the timing of it. I mean, this happens, this happened the day before Christmas. So we wake up on Christmas and then we hear this news. And I mean, it really puts you into perspective. I mean, you're with your families. Everybody's with their families during this time. And there's a family out there who, you know, just lost their child on this day. You know, I mean, it's supposed to be a special day. And so it kind of just puts life into perspective that not everything is given, you know, you can't take any day for granted. You can't take anything in your life for granted because life is so short. And I mean, to lose someone, I um, mean, somebody who's as special as tied to, like it could happen to anybody. That's uh, another thing I realized. It's literally, it could happen to anybody because he was special. He was, I mean, he was going to be, you know, I mean, he's already, he was already an amazing person. He was going to be, I mean, a three and out type of guy. He was going to have an amazing career because he just was a dog and, I mean, he was a good person. So that just kind of made me realize, like, it could happen to anybody. So just don't take anything for granted in life. No question. You know, I mean, that that definitely put that into perspective for me. No doubt, no doubt. And I think that's something that we we take for granted, waking up. Waking up like we're supposed to wake up. No, it's from the grace of God that we're waking up. And with that being said, treat every day like it's game seven. Yeah. Like there is no other game after today. If you do that mentally and physically, I think we all would be in a better situation. But man, it's, it's, I definitely know where you're coming from because I, like I said, personally experienced something just like that, losing a teammate and still having to go about what I'm supposed to do, my responsibilities and things like that. So let's fast forward to this past season. Entertaining collegiate career, I mean, uh, entertaining season to say say the least for you and for your team. But one of the most entertaining games I, I watched personally was the Rose Bowl, Ohio State, Utah. Unfortunately, you guys lost 48 to 45, but it was a back and forth affair. Entertaining yeah, plays in on no both way, It was in no way entertaining for me. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 as I'm a defender, glad. yeah, I, I know where you're coming from, but I mean, as a fan, I'm watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. I'm going to keep it real with you. I actually had, I put money on, because, um, you know, I'm retired, so I can gamble legally. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I had money on Ohio State covering the three and a half, and they didn't cover the three and a half because, you know, they, they only won by three. So that's a whole yeah. other another topic. But what was the craziest, craziest part of that ball game? Looking at some of the numbers, CJ Stroud passed for yeah. 570, 73, six touchdowns. Utah ran for 226. Like I said, it was a back and forth affair. But what was, yeah. the, what was the craziest part of that ball game? I mean, I would say, I mean, there were some crazy plays from both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, first of all, being in that atmosphere, I mean, I played the Rose Bowl versus UCLA, so I had never actually seen, like, in full capacity. So to see there, I mean, to be there and see all our fans, um, and really just be in that moment, like, you know, there was a time where I was on the field, and I was literally looking around, like, dang, I'm at the Rose Bowl, like, I'm playing this early on in the game. 
Um, so to be in that atmosphere was amazing. But I'd say the craziest play that I witnessed was whenever our quarterback, Cam, had somehow broke loose out of a, a big scuffle and ended up running like 70 yards. That long run? Yes, and I think we were down, or I think it was some. It was a momentum swing. Ohio State had the momentum, and then I just completely flipped it back to us. And it was that type of like momentum to them, to us, to them, to us, and that crazy play after crazy play. Like it was, it was crazy experience. Man, I almost threw a remote control through the TV when that happened. <laughs> man, this that was man, insane. this man Gallup seventy plus yards, I think it was. Yeah, and and, and, and nobody in sight because he he made a few people miss. Yeah, and then he just he just left. And his speed is so deceiving, too. Like, he got an open lane, he's gone. Like, now I'm in here catching him. So, I mean, that was just, you know, a crazy play to witness. And it was like, okay, he's down, he's down. Oh, he's still up. Oh, he's gone. Like, you know, yeah. it was one of those type. Man, I remember that like yesterday. Like I said, I was financially invested in that ball game. And when that happened, I said, yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm losing. It's not meant for me to win. It's not meant for me to win. One thing I can say about the Utes, man, you guys have always been consistent in winning been relevant, especially in the Pac-12, been great in getting guys developed for the next uh, next step. Uh, one of my favorite players from Utah, and I think you're going to be right there in that conversation now, especially with us uh, being able to chat, is Jalen Johnson. You know what I mean? I'm a little biased because he plays corner. I played corner, but he was one of my favorite players from Utah recently. But you know what? I'm putting you in that list right now, Devin. But do you think the Utes get enough respect nationally? Nationally, I would say no, just because um, we haven't won a national championship yet. And so that's kind of like the biggest thing holding us back. We haven't actually been in the playoffs either. And so because of those two things, um, I feel like it really doesn't matter what we do unless, you know, we just, I mean, we don't schedule too many big time teams. Like we play for it. Like, sure, that's going to be big for us. But, um, you know, uh, we don't get too much national recognition because one, nobody on the East Coast watches back to football and we don't play in the big time game. So it's like, you put those two things together and it's like, okay, well, to people on the East Coast, especially me being out here and realizing too, is people aren't interested. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, um, you know, nationally we don't get as much respect. But if you're a true football fan, like, I mean, you know, you watch football, if you watch all types of football, you'll realize, like, I mean, we can play with anybody in the country. You know, we, we like you said, we produce year in and year out. We've been consistent year in and year out. And, I mean, we have some big games behind our belt as well. It's just a matter of going to the playoff, winning, you know, a national championship, doing those type of types of things, you know. No doubt, no doubt. So let's take it to draft night, right? What were your expectations heading into draft night? What were your thoughts as a potential first round player? Um, personally, um, I was gonna. My mindset was just let. I know things are gonna play out how they're supposed to play out. I know God has a plan for me, so I'm just gonna follow the plan. But my my feelings was that I was going to go top 10 and that was kind of what uh, I was expecting really. Um, and as it started to get later on and later on, I just tried to remain calm and more patient and just kept going. And I knew I was going to go day one. I wasn't really a thing for me, but it's like, why am I dropping? You know, why am I falling? It's like, why, why do I keep hearing all these names get called before me? And, you know, it was just kind of, I, I mean, I really would say it was nerve-wracking. I wasn't, like, a nervous wreck or anything, though, but it was just a matter of, like, I could really start to see what people were talking about when they they start to, you know, not go where they were expecting. So, you know, there was a lot of emotions, and once I finally found out where I was going, I mean, it was just relief. It was just excitement, joy, relief, like, every emotion you can imagine because it's, like, finally, and, you know, I mean, 
really just finally like, yeah, like this is it, you know? No question. No doubt. So obviously the Jaguars made a splash in drafting you, but with the first overall selection, they took your teammate, Trayvon Walker, uh, with another, I mean, that was the first splash to say the least, right? But you had an opportunity to train with him, I would imagine, you know, work out, get on the grass with him. Uh, what type of physical nightmare he potentially can be for the offensive tackles he faced off against this season based on what you've seen from your assessment? Yeah, I mean, i say physical nightmare was a pretty good assessment. I mean, he's a freak athlete, but you wouldn't expect him to be as fluid. I mean, really flexible as um, for someone as big as him. So I think that alone is going to separate his game from a lot of defensive ends uh, of his size. Um, but he's also, you know, you, you realize you know, how intelligent he is. I mean, he, he just puts it all together really well, you know, mm-hmm. so. He's one of those guys who is, is going to make an immediate impact just because of his mindset and, I mean, really his physical ability. And, and talking about that, you have a supernatural-like physical ability as well. So looking at the first, I mean, when you go get drafted in the first round, expectations are high. You know, what can you, what, what can you yourself, what can yourself and Trayvon provide defensively uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars on that side of the ball? Um, well, first things first is consistency, which is huge because, you know, I know, especially coming in as a rookie, um, you can make big plays just off being talented. But uh, I, in the way I play is I never want to put my team in harm's way ever. And so um, consistency, uh, but then also big play making ability, you know, trusting their instincts. Guys who are just going to trust their instincts and play hard, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know speaking for myself personally, um, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I'm the best pro. And I do that by doing all the little things. And I feel like all that ultimately adds up um, at the end of the season. I mean, even during the season to, you know, make the little plays, you know, plays that, you know, maybe you wouldn't have made if you do this little stuff, you know? So just really just handling ourselves like a pro and I mean, going out and playing hard. No doubt. No doubt. And fortunate enough for you, you weren't there with when Urban Meyer was there, but now, you got Doug Peterson, the guy who's won a Super Bowl. Uh, what, what What's the early vibes like with Doug Peterson, you know, being able to see? I mean, let's keep it real. You you were his you was his second first round selection. That's a big deal. So, you know, what has the vibes been like with Coach Peterson now there in Jacksonville yeah. as the head coach? I have to make it very clear. He's an offensive guy. OK, so. <laughs> but <laughs> as nothing, most nothing. offensive head coaches, they only stay to one side, right? Yeah, he does show us. Well, yeah, he's mainly there, actually, because it was just defense when he was watching us. But, um, I mean, he's a great – first of all, he's a great person, and he's a great coach as well because he's one of those guys that just gets it. He understands what it's like to be a player. He understands, you know, about the staff. He just gets what it's like to be in the building. So he makes it easy for everybody in the building, which is amazing. But then he also has a plan, like, for everything. So, which is extremely critical. And I feel like, I mean, there's never a time where he's not, you know, on his stuff. And so, I mean, everything I've seen from him has been all that it's been advertised to be. I think, you know, he's a great coach, a great person. And I think we're going to do a lot of great things here. And speaking of Coach Peterson being an offensive-minded guy, it should definitely help Trevor Lawrence. And I said this a few weeks ago. I My bold prediction for the AFC South is that Trevor Lawrence will finish the season as the at, Worst case scenario, the second best quarterback in the division. So I'm I'm setting the bar pretty high 
based on what we saw in his rookie campaign. But what have you seen from Trevor Lawrence so far to show you that he can really be a special quarterback for the organization? Yeah. Uh, I mean, first things first, he has an incredible arm, extreme confidence in his arm as well. Uh, I mean, he can put the ball anywhere he wants, you know. And also, I, I definitely see leadership out of him. You know, he's definitely, um, you know, taking a lot of pride in that leadership role. And, you know, he's, he's doing everything he can to be the best leader. Um, so, so, I mean, those two things alone, I, I feel like I've seen that, that have definitely, uh, you know, made him stand out. You know, I think, you know, your expectations on him, is uh, definitely reasonable, you know. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, I, 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 it, hey, it, I put it on wax, so it's out there. It's out there. I can't take it back. I said Trevor Lawrence, I mean, under Doug Peterson, along with the resources they've added, he has a chance, worst-case scenario, to be the second-best quarterback in the division. And that's the case. You guys will win a lot of ball games. So let's transition to you as an individual. Expectations for Devin Lloyd. Number one, where do you expect to play? Because I've seen you do a lot when you were there at Utah, mm-hmm. you know, Russian, of course, inside line, linebacker, uh, blitzing a lot. Um, and how much do you expect to play? So where do you expect to play and how much do you expect to play? Well, you have to earn everything you get. And so, um, you know, come training camp time when people are fighting for jobs, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that, like I said earlier, I'm being the best pro I can, being the best team that I can. But my expectations are to be out there day one, uh, to be a starter and to help the team, um, you know, win a Super Bowl, really win games. And so those are my expectations for myself. And I mean, really, you know, like I said, you know, I want to be out there from day one. I mean, playing on defense, playing on special teams, doing any and everything that they ask me to do. Yep. And, and, when you're looking at being on the grass with the guys, who's someone on the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that you've been impressed by? Or is there someone on the defensive side that you're excited to be able to play with? Yeah. Um, I mean, Josh Allen has definitely helped me a lot. I mean, I can already tell and already he's going to be special. He's been special hey, 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 Devin, I call, I call Josh Allen Mr. Buy and Tries because, boy, he look like he's still on that buy and try machine, don't he? <laughs> hey, he's rocked up. I ain't going to lie. Uh, you know, I mean, him and Trayvon are actually really similar body types, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he takes care of himself and I mean, it shows on the field too. You know, you can tell just by his fluidity, but strength as well as power. And we haven't even been in pads, but you can just see, um, you know, how refined he is technically. Mm-hmm. So, but really everybody on defense, like we have guys all over that, you know, I mean, our defense as a whole, um, you know, I'm really excited to go out and play with them. And I mean, we, you know, I've, I'm just excited, man. I know we're going to be really good. So No doubt, no doubt. Last question for you before we transition to the superlative part of the show. Tell us why the Jaguars can make the playoffs in 2022. We have the right people in the building. I mean, Mm -hmm. really, I'd say from every players, personnel, coaches, we have the right people in the building. We have people that are, first of all, good people, that do the right thing, that, that know right from wrong, but then truly are competitors, you know. Uh, and I know you, you know, I mean, you won a couple of Super Bowls, so you know what it's like to have the right people in the building. So I'd say, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people are still, um, you know, hurt from, you know, the previous years. They're really just tired of losing, tired of being tired, you know, um, just, just, just done, you know. So I think everybody right now, their mindset is, what do we have to do to win? So there's now time to transition into what I would say is like the two-minute situation. 
got to react fast, can't allow any positive yards, and they can't get in field goal range because you only got a two-point lead. So I need your honest, unbiased answer right now for these superlatives, right? Give me your favorite jersey color scheme you can't wait to put on for the Jaguars. All black. All, All black. black. Gonna go crazy, yeah. What you going to have? You going to have some black wrist tape? I'm going to do black everything, uh-huh. literally. I might black towel. either black towel, black everything except for maybe white gloves. We'll see. It might be like one white accessory. All right, all right. What people don't know about you, Devin, is that you played punter in high school as well. So what was the best punt during your punting career, to say the least? The best punt? Yeah, I had, I want to say it was like a little over 60, I think it was like 65, down on the five-yard line against our rivals. It was our, it was the Battle of the O's. And that right there, I mean, flipped the field position. It's something I don't even think about in high school, but I literally flipped the field uh, with that punt. So I think that was my best punt. And then I also had a fake punt against our other rivals who I ran, converted a first down to seal the game. So it was those. So check this out. Let me ask you a question. Let's say the Jaguars needed an emergency punter. Could you go out there and punt if you had to? I mean, right I'm going to do it. I don't know how good I'm going to be. It's been a minute, but <laughs> I mean, I'll do it. Might not be the best, shoot. Well, I can tell you this I mean, much. If you are the punter, they've added an extra tackler to whoever it is returning the punt because you can go down and make a tackle probably. Oh, I'm going to try to beat everybody down the field, shoot. <laughs> I'm going to take <laughs> off, man. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. All right, most accurate pro comparison for Devin Lloyd is who? When you look at linebackers that have played the game, it could be a current guy. It could be someone who's played – and years pass, but what is the most accurate pro comparison to you? Um, I wouldn't say there's necessarily one guy because I don't really play like a lot of or really anybody. But if I were to mix two people, I would say it would be a mix of Cam Chancellor and Vaughn Miller. Okay. Shoot. <laughs> Y'all heard what he just said? We talk about All respect to them, too. But, hey, both guys have won championships. That's one thing. And both guys are, were great at what they were supposed to do. So if that, if, that, if, that, if that comes to light just a little bit, I think you can make a lot of people happy in Duval County. That's the plan, man. That's the goal. I no say question. that with all respect to them. I know. Um, you know, where my game's at. I mean, who knows? We'll see whenever, you know, I put it on on film. Um, but I say that with all respect to them and their game. You know, I don't want to like all and, rookies comparing me to them, but, you know. And one thing that you have that both both players, where Vaughn is still playing, Cam is retired, is the burst. The ability to go from zero to 100, just like that. One of my favorite plays from you, right? now, And I told you, I watch, I watch a lot of your college games, right? Cause I'm a fan in the game. One of my favorite plays, I think it was this year, this year, you guys, yeah, yeah y- y'all played Stanford in Stanford, right? It was on the road, right? Mm-hmm. They, okay. So it's this year. They threw the ball to the running back in the flats and it was literally a 15 to 18 yard gap of separation between you and the ball carrier. And by the time he turned up, you was right there in his grill. I mean, you went from zero to a hundred, just like that, just to be able to, the closing speed that you have, it's like an ability that you can't coach. Either you have that or you don't have it. You can't gain it because it's just something that people have. I play with a guy in Pittsburgh by the name of Troy Palomalo. Troy had the ability to be standing flat-footed and take off like Sonic the Hedgehog. 
and get there before everybody. So when I saw that, I said, ooh, I said, that zero out there biting. That boy, I said, I don't know what he went in the 40, but that 10 yard got to be magnificent. That's my favorite play of you. And me, most people might be like, well, that's a routine play. No, it's not. Just look how fast he closed the gap of separation. And it was a, it was a, a, a no yard game. So, hey, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. I gotta get, I'm gonna get me, I'm gonna get me, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't want the all black 33. I need that teal, that teal 33. Yeah. That teal yeah. 33. Yeah, I put some nice on my feet to rock with that 33. That's what I'm gonna do. Last question for you, Devin. I'm gonna let you go. The team, and we know you play the AFC South, right? You play Tennessee, you play the Colts, you play the Texans, right? But what's the team that's currently on the Jacksonville Jaguars schedule? that you are looking forward to playing against? It could be a team that passed on you in the draft. They said they were going to draft you. It could be a team that just, like, get, who, who, who's on that schedule that uh, you look like, boy? We can't, we can't start this controversy, man. I'm just, I'm just asking a question because I don't know how I felt when I got drafted. It was a team that I, that literally pulled some, some real shady stuff on me during the draft. I'm like, man, every time I play against them, I'm at, I'm at the net. Uh, I'm gonna have to tell you that after after we uh, stop recording. It's a, it's okay, and you know what? So what we gonna do for our listeners and our viewers checking us out? He gonna tell me off off record, and I'm not gonna say anything, right? I gotta I gotta keep our trust intact. But just monitor Devin's behavior throughout the entire season, and when you see a little extra oh, when he got hey. on the field, you know that's the team he was looking forward to playing against. Is that fair to say? They'll know. They'll know. Just know it'll be a home game too. I'll tell you that. Oh, so that means we got to look at the home schedule. And it's, it's not a team in your division, because like I said, you're already playing against. Is it a team in your division? I'm not going to say nothing else. I, mean, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, gave you guys the clue already. We split half the teams. Okay. Well, we. Hey, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see, because I know you're going to be turned up every ball game anyway. So you're going to give us the same type of ump. But if it's a little extra ump, that's the team. That's the team. Edward Devin, number one, man, thank you for joining me here. All things covered. A very, very candid entertaining conversation jacksonville the jaguars they got themselves a ball they got themselves a ball like i said if you don't know who this guy is go watch some of his past games and you're gonna see who he is and why he went in the first round and why he should have got drafted higher let's throw that out there too let's throw that out there too hey Devin, best of luck to you and your teammates this season most importantly stay healthy hey and make sure you follow josh allen in that weight room boy because whatever he do in that weight room he putting in some good work Hey, facts. And, you know, I actually train with his trainer, too. So, you know, we already on that on that level, too. No question. No question, man. I can't wait to I see you put, put in work this year, man. Stay self, Stay healthy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And thank you for having me on, man. Really. Yep. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.